Be the best coach you can be. Welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm the head coach, Dave Clark, bringing you hints and tips from the soccer community. On the podcast today, we are privileged to have Gordon McClelland, CEO of Working With Parents In Sport, a company he set up to provide information that understands the difficulties parents and coaches face in today's world. Hi, Gordon. It's great to have you with us on the podcast. Yeah, delighted to be here, David. I know, um, and I know we're, we're talking today about parents, and um, the weather here is atrocious. So I'm glad I'm not a parent who's sit, standing out uh, on on the touchline today. How's the weather with you? Yeah, it's pretty bad as well. It, it's certainly that time of year where uh, it's time to sort of hibernate and uh, maybe get in and drink some coffee rather than uh, watch our children. But there's still a few hardy souls out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. So, Gordon, um, working with parents in sport, what exactly is it you do? Yeah, so we uh, run workshops uh, around the country and into around the world, actually, and into Europe. Um supporting parents uh, to give them help, support, advice on the best way to uh, support their children during the sporting experience. We do some work with coaches uh, as part of coach education on on their role in, in bringing parents into the process. And we also do some work uh, with organisations on how you can get everybody uh, across your club singing from the from the same hymn sheet. So we, we do a lot of work there. We've written a couple of books uh, and we've got a website and a, a, a platform there for for parents. Oh, that's great because um, you know, I, I, I parents is the one thing that when you start out coaching, uh, that, that that you you don't realise what a huge amount of uh, work uh, is involved with the, the parents. And um, one of my experiences of of having the parents was when um, I was coaching an under ten team and, and we we the season we won the league and and we actually got promoted to uh, into the top division which was quite quite a high division because you had a lot of local clubs who uh, worked with Premier League and worked with their, their local teams and the academies so we'd moved up to a really high standard and um, for the first three games uh, we drew 1-1 uh, each game that came along and I was really really pleased that we'd We'd done this with these teams that were, you know, I mean, they'd come through with coaches that were obviously at a, a higher level than than I had been coaching at the time. Um, but then a few of the parents, um, a few of the dads took me to one side after one of the games and said, uh, Dave, look, we've um, we've drawn three games. Uh, this this is terrible. And um, we, we feel that you've taken your eye off the main uh, the main coaching point because now you're coaching your other son's team as well as this one because my other son had started playing and he, he, I mean he was coaching uh, he he was playing a, a, a totally different day um, but but these parents had decided that I'd taken my eye off it and and uh, that even though we we were playing at a much higher level that they knew more than I did about uh, about the coaching. Yeah, I mean, you, you were lucky to get three games, David. Really, but uh, I think I think the um, I think that sort of sums up the reality of it. And and one of the big things for me is I think we've got to be aware as adults in the youth sporting experience that we don't bring elements of the adult game or the professional game or the game we see on the TV and media, you know, into junior sport. And you know, that's a, a perfect example of it there. I mean, I think the 
coach communication about uh, you know the levels we're playing at and and setting expectations you know in advance would have would have perhaps gone some way to to um helping with that situation but you know it's as i say it's really tough and to have parents questioning you after after three games in a higher league um, shows some of the difficulties that are that are out there for coaches and the way that parents see their child's sporting experience yeah that i i agree with you because it, it is a it's a huge learning experience when you're a coach i mean do you think what what is it that parents want i mean what I mean, do you think they have a negative effect on uh, the sporting experience of their children? I, I think they can. I, I think I think um, they can have a hugely negative effect based on how they behave around their child's sporting process. But likewise, lots of them do a brilliant job, and they can have a, a a hugely positive effect. What is interesting is is during our workshops we ask groups of parents, you know, what do you want your child to gain from their sporting experience? And they all sit around on the tables. They have a bit of a chat. They write on post-it notes. They come and stick it up at the front. I have to joke that we're not in a classroom and not back at school just so they feel slightly better about it. And there's no right or wrong. And they they stick things up on the, on the wall. And nine times out of 10, nobody ever writes, I want my child to be a professional footballer, I want them to be an Olympian, I want them to win a gold medal, or anything based around that. What we get on the wall are things like, I want my child to have confidence, I want them to be a good teammate, I want them to learn about determination and resilience and communication and creativity and hard work. And all those life skills that you could apply in any context, in whatever field your child goes into, the trouble is our behaviours then as as parents in the sports experience don't always reflect and celebrate those skills that we say that we want. So, you know, we, we, we joke about it that, you know, let's say I took my, you know, son out for his game, wife's still at home, come through the back door, son throws his, his bag down on the floor. First question, that the most popular question in the whole world asked by any parent to their child is... Did you win? Did you win? Absolutely. Followed by the second most popular uh, question in the sporting world asked by parents, which is? Which should be, did you score? Did you score? Yeah, absolutely. And then the third one is something around, oh, well, were they the best player? Now, if the child says no to all of those, that's end of conversation till this time next week. But also a bigger impact by asking that type of question is that we've immediately shown our children that all we value is the outcome and none of the processes that make it up. Yeah, well, that's um, that's something that I've experienced with my own children because um, um, my daughter plays netball. My, my my two sons are older and then she came along. And um, so um, when when she came in the, the other day, she came in from netball and um, she said to me, um, uh, you know, put a bag down. And I said to her, um, did you win? And she just looked at me and she said, well, that's the only uh, thing you ever asked me, Dad. And um, that made me realise that, you know, you've got to do a lot more thinking and a lot be a lot more positive about the actual, um, the playing time. What did they actually play? How did they play? And and also, how how did the team play? So it's made, it really made me think not to just... Uh, sit there and and drill out those same old uh, things that everyone asks 
Yeah, and, and so look, what, what is it now, Rob? I was going to say, look, and parents oh, find it really difficult, David, just like you do, because without actually thinking about it inadvertently, I mean, we joke there that they're the obvious questions that get asked, and they do, you know, but some people do find it difficult to to find the questions to ask the child or even know when to time those questions or when to even ask them. Yeah, I think that... Um... That brings us on to one of the ha- the hardest parts of uh, <clears throat> talking to the children after the game, and that is the car journey to to and from the match. Really, because I know from my own experience that so that's a really difficult um, a, a difficult thing to get over. Because I'm chatting away to my son, say he's playing against a team that I would consider to be a rival and that I want to win, and and he said to me, "Oh, he's got John and Peter, and they're they're in his class, and they're in the opposition today." And I'm fretting and sweating about this, the outcome of this game. And um, he's in the back of the car asking me to, to, you know, that he wants to play some music. He's chatting to his friends on his phone. And, um, you know, he's not thinking about those sort of things. But to me, it's the, the, you know, the car journey is that frightening time when I'm thinking about the game ahead. Yeah, and, ch- and children don't think like adults do. And obviously your son there falls very much into line with, you know, what we see and what we hear, you know, talking to children and and talking to parents. And, you know, if we're, if we're not careful as coaches or parents, you know, we big up opposition or we say it's a big game today and, and, and everything else. And actually, you know, our children want to please their parents. They want to please their coaches and probably have some nerves anyway, which is good because we can perform with some nerves. But actually, if we just keep banging on and banging on and banging on, we're sort of ramping up the pressure there that that maybe could have a negative impact on how they actually perform. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, the car journey home as well, I've always found quite difficult. I, I used to uh, I used to go over and over the match um, in the car, you know. Afterwards, all the ki- the kids are tired; they just basically want a, a sandwich and a drink, and I'm still. Uh, I'm still sat there saying, oh, how could the referee get away with this and that and the other? And I, I don't think that the children don't seem to, once the game's over, uh, they seem to, you know, they don't know what they can't, you know, they re- don't remember the score. They can't remember uh, who they played. And and so I, I think that um, uh, as a coach and as a parent, it, it, it is something that you, you need to sort of uh, control. Yeah, and and, and you're right. I mean, children get over things far quicker than adults. And certainly in the sporting experience, you know, they're more bothered about what they're having for the for tea, Dad, without having the the great big debrief about, about what's just taken place. And look, the car journey is a really, really difficult one from, from a personal point of view. So one I'm very open and honest about in workshops. I, I had real difficulties with this when my son, who, who plays academy football, was a lot younger. Um, and I've had to work really hard at trying to greet him with something that's consistent and positive. Um, I try to let him lead any conversation, which I think is really good advice for any parent. However, that isn't easy. And actually, some of the time we have with our children in the car is some real quality time. So we actually want to talk. So if we are going to have conversations in the car after a game, then I think we need to ask them questions that allow our children to reflect you know, on their own sporting experience and let us see it from their point of view. And and also understand that that it's okay some days for it to be completely silent as well. 
it's all right for our children to be slightly upset if things haven't gone well. And as long as they know that that we are there for them and we, we give them a touch or have some body contact or whatever that may be, then that's enough for our children. I think as adults in trying to make our children feel better and make ourselves feel better, we're desperate to fill the silence. And that's when we start making excuses. And that's when we start blaming referees. And that's when we start uh, blaming teammates or blaming people in the opposition. And, And yet we know that none of that type of conversation has a hugely positive impact on any child development anyway. Yeah, in your experience, then, if, if we think about all that, what is it that um, the the children want? You know, why do they actually play uh, sport? Yeah, so the the biggest answer we know is children play for fun, and very much like like we do as uh, as adults, is the moment we don't find something fun, we stop doing it. Um, and and you see, in the early days when our children are younger, and obviously parents have more of a prominent role in so much that we can sort of push and cajole and nudge them into into different things. The moment that they're able to start making their own decisions and um, do the things that they want to do, if that sport is no longer fun, they will soon drop out. And the the dropout rate in teenage sport in particular across the world at the moment is is huge so it's very much whether it's fun now the trouble is fun is different for different people it's different for different adults it's different for children so you know the fun's been defined work coming out of the states by Amanda Visser and she's come up with 80 different definitions of fun um but what is interesting in those 80 definitions when you ask children what's important to them is that winning rank 48th and playing in the tournament ranked 60th. Yeah, I think if you asked a parent, you know, what's important to them, I think both of those would be sort of top five answers. Yeah, that that's incredible. 80, did you say? That's that's an incredible, uh, yeah, 80 incredible number. And, I mean, and- yeah, I mean, but some of things like eating hot dogs and grazing your knees and being valued by your coach <laughs> and, and, and all kinds of different stuff. But, but what it does show is that that winning and playing in a tournament fat ranks far lower than maybe what we would want or expect it to be as a parent. Yeah, and, and um what what I think about when, when I um when when you talk about things like that is that um you know I look at the, the some of the clubs and what they uh, what they tweet about or what they put on social media and it's never just uh what what a great fun day. It, it's always about yeah, we had, you know, four or five great results today. Unfortunately one or two of the teams didn't didn't perform as well. And so I uh, I think um, you know because social media does play such a big role in in all the the, the age groups that um, that play sport. I think maybe um, there is some way that the clubs can actually uh, think about the positive uh, ways they can they can um, put 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 things up there that the children can actually see. Yeah, well, I think I think there if you, you're trying to create a sort of positive culture and a, a positive parental engagement is once again by doing just results you are basically showing that that's all that you value so you can't expect a parent to value anything else if all that's ever highlighted and celebrated is the winning and losing rather than those life skills that we talked about if you start making those values part of what you value then you're far more likely to get a greater buy-in from everybody 
Yeah. So so on that uh, on that front, um, as as a coach who who comes into the game, or as someone who takes over a new team, and you have a whole new set of parents, um, do you think um, something like a get together with the parents at the start of the season, where you lay out uh, what what you know what your ideas uh, what your ideas are and what you want them to how you want them to behave on the touchline? Do you think that's kind of a, a useful thing to do? Yeah, I think I think getting parents together is a a, a really valuable um, tool for any club or any coach, and I think it allows you to a meet the people that you're going to be working with their children. Uh, I think it allows you the opportunity to talk about your philosophies, what you're hoping to achieve, um, what you expect from them on the the sideline and their role. I think the difficulty is in the past is that lots of, I guess, things around this have been based around telling parents what not to do. And I don't think that goes down particularly well. So trying to play games in parents' meetings that show the importance of not yelling instructions and maybe asking parents to share their goals with you or getting the children to share their goals for the season so that we create a set of shared values that we can all adhere to and all work towards. Yeah, no, that that's that's really uh, that's really good. Um, that's really good ideas. Um, I know uh, from experience that parents do like to get involved with the team. Um, one, do do you think um, parents should get involved? Um, or, or and, and two, as a coach, do you not want that? Yeah, I think we've got we've we've got two sort of things here. I think that we've got to recognise that parents will probably want to be involved. They're they're quite attached to it, but I think we want them to do their role as a parent. And I think there's got to be a very distinct role between I'm handing over my child for you to do the coaching, and I am here um, as a parent. And I think that's got to be as clear as it possibly can be. Parents like to help, so. I always suggest to coaches and clubs, well, get them involved in things like your fundraising and your social media and your taking of pictures and the organising of food and drinks for tournaments and the organising of social events where you can all get together and channel their enthusiasm that way rather than necessarily directly um, into the coaching side of things. And this is where coaches have, have got a really important role to play because if coaches have got houses in order and they're doing things really, really well, I think that parents are very happy to hand over the children and say, there you go, get on with it. I think sometimes when parents perceive that they may be able to do a better job, even though they haven't volunteered or they're not happy with what's going on, is is when they tend to sort of step in and, and, and start contributing maybe in areas that, that you don't want them to. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I think um, you know keeping parents informed of of everything that's going on is really important. I can remember when um, 
I first started out, I didn't realise that a lot of the parents don't actually know the rules uh, of the game. So playing a, a 7v7 match, one of the dads continually shouting offside and I had to take him uh, take him to, to one side and say, look, you know, we don't have offsides at 7v7. Yeah. And, and from that point, I, I kind of, I had a, a sort of handout that, gave them a brief um, idea of what the children did at that age and um and 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 how uh, how the game ran at that age. Yeah. I don't know if you think that's Yeah, uh, I do. Absolutely. Important. David, I think the more that you can communicate with parents, I think the more proactive you can be in the communication, the more information that you can provide for them, I think the more reassured they are that you've got everything under control. They know what's going on. Some of the things that cause stress for them are actually taken away because they feel informed you know lots of parents get stressed when something out of the blue happens or something that they're not expecting or something unknown so actually the more we can do to smooth that and and paint this picture of what the journey looks like and the expectations yeah absolutely really helps with the with the whole relationship and and how parents will behave around that experience so, Gordon, um, what would you, uh, at a club, say, you know, because I coach one team that is one of many in a club, um, would it, coming to you as a, 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 a as someone who um, talks and educates uh, parents and coaches in, in, in the behaviour of them and how they can interact, um, do you think it's better that you have, say, like an individual team parents, so you get 12 or, 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 or 13 um, parents come on do you think as a club um they should be having um all the parents should come together and there should be one you know if they, say they came along to one of your workshops would you um interact better with all the club or with just an individual team yeah i mean i, I look we we do it we we come at it from three ways so we talk to the the management of a club and the people who run the clubs about what their role is in the whole you know, bringing everybody together piece. We then do a coach ed piece for coaches so that we get them, you know, aligning their messages across coaches. And then, yeah, we want all the parents in because we are trying to sell those messages from the club through the coaches as the gatekeeper of that culture onto the parents with consistent messaging that um, we're all working together and this is what it looks like and I think the more parents we can give that information to and the more that they can see that clubs are joined together um, you know traveling in the same direction I think the easier it becomes for everybody to manage that this is what we do here okay that's great well Gordon it's been brilliant having you on uh, on the podcast um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, it's uh, workingwithparentsinsport.co.uk. Um, and, and there's lots of stuff on your website, isn't there? Yeah, lots of free content. Uh, there's obviously uh, some paid content. I mean, it's uh, it's £5 for life for one of our books, either for coaches or parents, plus you get lifetime access to our uh, members area. Uh, you know, when I set the organisation up, you know, it this had to be priced so that it could be afforded affordable to everybody. So it was very much uh, the same as a pie and a pint for life. So we're still at that stage, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. And it's, you know, it's a difficult topic. And it's one that as a coach, 
um, it's very a very difficult one to cover because uh, you know the experience of suddenly having all these uh, parents who either criticise you or pat you on the back, uh, depending on whether the teams won or lost, is is always a difficult thing. So thanks very much for being on here, and thanks for some uh, very valuable information. Thanks for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. If you want more information on soccer coaching, head over to soccercoachweekly.net.